Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading 1 Samuel chapter 11 from the World English Bible. Then Nahash the Ammonite came up and encamped against Jabesh Gilead, and all the men of Jabesh said to Nahash, Make a covenant with us, and we will serve you. Nahash the Ammonite said to them, On this condition I will make it with you, that all your right eyes be gouged out. I will make this dishonor all Israel. The elders of Jabesh said to him, Give us seven days that we may send messengers to all the borders of Israel, and then, if there is no one to save us, we will come out to you. Then the messengers came to Gibeah of Saul and spoke these words in the ears of the people. Then all the people lifted up their voice and wept. Behold, Saul came following the oxen out of the field, and Saul said, What ails the people that they weep? They told him the words of the men of Jabesh. God's spirit came mightily on Saul when he heard those words, and his anger burned hot. He took a yoke of oxen and cut them in pieces, and sent them throughout all the borders of Israel by the hand of messengers, saying, Whoever doesn't come out after Saul and after Samuel, so shall it be done to his oxen. The dread of Yahweh fell on the people, and they came out as one man. He counted them in Bezek, and the children of Israel were three hundred thousand, and the men of Judah thirty thousand. They said to the messengers who came, Tell the men of Jabesh-Gilead, Tomorrow by the time the sun is hot, you will be rescued. The messengers came and told the men of Jabesh, and they were glad. Therefore the men of Jabesh said, Tomorrow we will come out to you, and you shall do with us all that seems good to you. On the next day Saul put the people in three companies, and they came into the middle of the camp in the morning watch, and struck the Ammonites until the heat of the day. Those who remained were scattered, so that no two of them were left together. The people said to Samuel, Who is he who said, Shall Saul reign over us? Bring those men, that we may put them to death. Saul said, No man shall be put to death today, for today Yahweh has rescued Israel. Then Samuel said to the people, Come, let's go to Gilgal and renew the kingdom there. All the people went to Gilgal, and there they made Saul king before Yahweh in Gilgal. There they offered sacrifices of peace offerings before Yahweh, and there Saul and all the men of Israel rejoiced greatly. That's the end of chapter 11. This seems like a good time to review who the Ammonites were. You may recall that as a nation, they are the offspring, they are descended from Lot's daughter who slept with him in the cave. But in spite of this, in Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 19, the Israelites are told that God is not giving them any of the land of Ammon and they are not supposed to harass or provoke the people of Ammon. Now we know from 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 7, that Peter refers to Lot as a righteous man, but his offspring here did not follow in his ways. 
One of the first instances is in Judges chapter 3 that we read about the very fat Eglon who got the Ammonites together with him to fight against Israel, but then the judge Ehud stuck that sword in him. Um, In Judges chapter 10, they are specifically mentioned, the Ammonites are specifically mentioned for having false gods. And God says that he allows the Ammonites, among other nations, to conquer Israel to some extent because of Israel's evil. And in Judges in particular, that's where the story of Jephthah comes in. But the Ammonites are continually mentioned throughout the rest of the Old Testament. Nehemiah mentions them because, unfortunately, some of the people who had been left in the land, some of the Israelites who had been left in the land, had intermarried with the Ammonites. And the very strong implication is that by doing so, they had adopted the ways of the Ammonites, the false worship, because we know that when people like Rahab or Ruth came into Israel, that was not a problem. In places in Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Amos and Zephaniah, we read about how the Ammonites are in trouble with God because of how they have treated Israel and basically taken advantage of the fact that God let them conquer Israel at certain points. But then in Daniel chapter 11, there's an odd reference to Ammon. That's in Daniel chapter 11, verse 41. Now, this is the chapter that is going back and forth about the king of the south fighting with the king of the north and a variety of things that are a little difficult to understand. When you get to verse 41, we seem to have transitioned to talking about the very end times. And it says, the king who conquers this time will enter also into the glorious land and many countries will be overthrown, but these will be delivered out of his hand. Edom, Moab, and the chief of the children of Ammon. So that's interesting because it seems to indicate that there are descendants of Ammon alive today. There is an article on the Answers in Genesis website that talks about the country of what we now call Jordan and how the uh, these people might be descendants, at least some of them, of the nation of Ammon, and that is indicated by some of the names of their places. So I'll put a link to that article on my website. Regarding this covenant that Nahash was going to make with the men of Jabesh Gilead, obviously requiring them to gouge out their eyes is brutal, but it stands in almost darkly comical contrast to the fact that he gave them time to go ask for help. When it gets to God's spirit coming mightily on Saul, it reminded me of Samson. And just like Samson, even though God's Spirit came upon him to take action and to have confidence and zeal, it's not really clear that God is directing his actions. His actions seem kind of rash and still of his own volition. But it is very much in contrast to him hiding in the baggage, completely different. It is particularly sad how some of the people of Israel go straight to wanting to kill people for saying things that they disagree with about the king. So at least here, Saul doesn't go along with that. But this seems to be the first place where Saul is made king in a more officious way. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 